Welcome to The Brand is Female, I'm Ava Hartling. Every week I speak with a different woman leader about her journey so we can all be inspired and empowered by our mutual stories. If you like our show, I'd like to invite you to listen to another podcast we just started producing at The Brand is Female. It's called Everyday Ubuntu by the inspiring Mungi Ngomane, author and human rights activist. Her guests are personalities from different backgrounds who believe in our common humanity and who are helping make our world a better place. Look for Everyday Ubuntu on the podcast platform of your choice and hit subscribe. This week, my guest is Joe Nutkin, chef and owner of Zoe Ford Catering. Joe has turned a passion for food into a career, although she used to have a completely different job working in the jewelry industry and later in textile design. Leveraging her creativity and her knack for business, Jo now runs one of Montreal's most successful catering companies. She was also selected as a contestant on the last season of Top Chef Canada, where she made it through six episodes out of eight. If you've tried Jo's carrot cake or anything else from Zoe Ford to Delhi, you know how talented she is. Listen to this episode for great advice on starting your business as a second or third career, the importance of doing what you love and mostly doing things your own way. Before we get to our conversation, I want to thank our sponsor. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, the Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women entrepreneurs achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship opportunities. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. I'm Joe Notkin, and I'm chef owner of Zoe Ford Catering in Montreal. You know, it's such a, I actually have one of those strangely vivid memories. So I remember, you know, things from being a really small child. So uh, my parents kept a little note that I wrote for them and it was like 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, can we bake a cake? You know? (laughs) So very early, I mean, I was, I was one of those weird kids that I like, you know, olives and coffee and cheese and things with a really strong flavor. You know, when I see a kid like that now, the kid's like eating olives or anchovies or whatever. I'm like, oh, it's one of those kids, you know? I, like yogurt was not my, I was like, get that, that's child food, you know? <laughs> so I was always into like really strong flavors. Um, and the, the other thing I did was I always wanted to play bank with my dad. So I think it was like wow, okay. money and food. And I was like, how do those go together? <laughs> <laughs> and chef is the answer. I mean, you know, is it financially? Um, we're learning. <laughs> uh, no, I was always very entrepreneurial, like very, very young. When I was six or seven, I would sell stuff to my parents um, during a dinner party. Their friends would be at the table and I'd be selling them my little artworks and they would be like 10 cents. And um, later when I was a teenager, I founded a jewelry design company and I sold manufactured jewelry for Aldo Shoes. And at that wow. point, I was like 18 maybe. And that point they had 500 stores um, across mm-hmm. Canada, the US and Israel. So that's just, I was just like, how do I be creative and get paid for it? That was my whole constitution. That was your jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. So how, how, and what led you to become a chef and to owning uh, Zoe Ford uh, Catering, which you, which you run today? It's completely by accident. I mean, very completely. But most things that happen in my life are like completely by accident. So I was actually a textile designer. Um, I, you know, stemming from the jewelry design, I was in a jewelry program in Toronto. And then next door to the jewelry program was the textile studio. And I sort of like wandered over there one day and I was like, this is fantastic. 
So I actually had a really innovative um, textile design company that worked with sustainability. We, the company was written up in uh, maybe 100 publications across the world, the New York Times. It was really an innovative, you know, very ahead of my time kind of thing. And then the as we're in today with the pandemic, the economic crisis happened and I had a choice. I was like, you know, the phone has stopped ringing. Um, a friend called us. Uh, I was dating a chef at the time and a friend called and said, uh, could you cater some lunches at our office? And I was like, yes, we're there. I can do it. And so we started doing that. And then the, the, the chef I was dating was then um, became the butcher at the French Laundry. So, okay. you know, I learned a lot from him, but of course didn't know what I was doing. And then he left and I just was standing alone with holding this catering company being like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Right. A few years to kind of really figure that out. And luckily I had enough people that just would hire me kind of for odd jobs. And, uh, you know, it took a while. It's almost 11 years that I've had Zoe Ford. And, you know, along the way you learn. And then sort of one day you just have your own sense of who you want to be and what your food is. And it just sort of evolves. So mm -hmm. it took mm -hmm. a long time. But it was not, I did not, you know, wish as a kid. I was like, I can't wait to be a caterer. That wasn't. Right. <laughs> that happened later. So uh, safe to say that your training in food, you know, it was all self-taught or did you did you study food and, and catering at all? No, I never studied anything, but I'm very good at talking to people and asking. So there was lots of chefs around the city. Um, Marco Frappier, who was the, you know, head chef at Joe Beef, I would call him all the time and I'd say, I want to do this thing. How do I do it? Um, Derek Damon, who owns Maison Publique, who's a fantastic chef. Um, very often I'd be like, I don't know, I'm stuck. How do I do this? So I would ask a lot. I would read a tremendous amount. And mm -hmm. really, I just love food. And I think when you love something, and then mm -hmm. there was a tipping point in my company where I just was like, oh, I'm not going to do what you want. I'm going to do what I think tastes amazing and share it with you. Mm -hmm. and that's a really big tipping point. Because I think when people ask you to do something, and maybe that's not your thing, you're not going to excel in that area. So it was a it was a great moment when it was like, I'm just going to make what I want to make and make it beautiful. <laughs> And it all worked out. The rest is history, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, tell me about what seemed to be the biggest challenge you had in, you know, building the business. Some, and maybe it's something you encounter again, you know, regularly, but something that make you made you doubt that you were headed in the right direction. You know, there's lots of doubt. I think, particularly when you're on a second or third career um, and you're a woman, I think that. I can't think of a woman chef really that's running a big catering company in the city right now. I can't mm -hmm. think of any really in Montreal or Toronto that particularly stand out. You know, usually you're running the business or you're the chef and I'm doing both. So right. I think there was a little bit of spreading myself maybe too thin in a way. Um, you know, every day there's a challenge. Every day there's a challenge. I think particularly getting people to take me seriously which being on the television show this year really helps people go, oh, actually you can cook. But, uh, <laughs> that's a hard thing. I think coming from nowhere, a lot of people who move on to have their own restaurants have a pedigree working somewhere else. And then they have a mm -hmm. following because of that. And this was like, you know, starting cold. So it took a long time to, I think, get people to say like, oh, we want that. 
Mm -hmm. And speaking of the TV show you appeared on, so you were a contestant on Top Chef Canada this year. Congratulations. You made it pretty far into this season as well. And I mean, that's pretty amazing given that, you know, most of the contestants typically have a training or formal schooling in food. Um, so what, how did you get on Top Chef Canada and tell me about your experience? Well, that's another beautiful accident, Eva. <laughs> it's like, anytime I do something big, it's like, whoops, I didn't mean to do that. So um, the, it's a kind of a crazy story because, uh, you know, people talk about how their phone overhears them. And my phone overheard me, a friend of mine was asking me about Top Chef that their friend wanted to apply. So my phone must have overheard me and suggested I apply. And I was like, well, that's ridiculous. Like, I'm just cooked my own way. I'm not one of those guys. I'm not one of those chefs. And so I applied because it was like a rainy day and I was at home and I just applied by accident. And as soon as I clicked send, I was like, uh-oh, what have I done here? <laughs> this is actually going to happen to me. <laughs> I was like, this feels weird. So the next day they called me and asked me for an interview. And then they said, you know, we want to see you in person. And I really was like, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> you know, I'm in my 40s. These are young chefs who are mostly fine dining chefs. I don't think there's a place for me here. And I think part of the reason they wanted me on the show was because I am, I do represent a very different kind of chef or woman in food. And I am a women business owner. So mm -hmm. I think that is a really amazing dynamic to have on the show. Um, you know, and, and both to being both together, there was one episode of restaurant wars. If anybody watched that, you know, I, I cooked some dessert and I was the front of house and I was, and, and people were like, Oh my God, that's so much to take on. I'm like, honey, that is every day at work. Right. That's what I do. <laughs> that's what I do. You know? So I think a lot of chefs aren't necessarily, you know, their mindset is not to be front of house, but I've always sort of, you know, wavered between the two. So um, the whole thing was an accident. And I, I understand why they wanted me to be on the show. And I just really was like, you know, get as far as you can and don't embarrass yourself. This is the goal. Just don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a great goal for anything in life. And then it, it made you, uh, you know, it, it, it worked, basically. So yeah. you, how far along did you get? I think you... Uh, there were there are eight eight episodes in the in the season, and I was yeah. at six episodes. That's so, almost at the end. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's actually there was a journalist that said to me, "Oh, it would have been great if you just gotten a couple more episodes." I was like, "That's the finale." <laughs> <laughs> that would have made me the winner. I was um, like, "Yeah, exactly." <laughs> So, and, and that was obviously, a, you know, a great accomplishment. And it, and it's funny to think that now people, you know, they, 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 they think you have, it's given you credibility because you've been on Top Chef. But I also want to ask you about when did it feel like, okay, this business might actually be a success? When was that first aha moment when you were like, I have something tangible that can be successful here? You know, I had catered for about um, four or five, maybe five years. And then I was recruited by a fantastic restaurant in Toronto called Rodney's Oyster House. And they wanted me to go be their catering director at their new restaurant in Calgary. And I was hesitant to do it because I'd been building a momentum. But I also really wanted to learn from a much larger business. So, you know, long story short, as we all know, plans to open on a certain date, or even if you're building a house, like it, it's never on time. So it just was a set of circumstances that I didn't end up staying that long. But 
I took some time off after that. And then I came back to Montreal maybe four years ago, maybe like four and a bit. And I just had this, I remember there was like a client who really wanted, um, a, a, she wanted a party that she couldn't really afford. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do the party the way I think it should be done. She'll pay me whatever she can pay me. And I just think it, 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 I'm not going to do less for her. And I think it was a tipping point of like really making sure everything looked top notch and just my style. And the table was like, had all these crazy arrangements on it. And I, th there was definitely a moment there where I just was like, I'm going, I'm doing Joe. I'm bringing Joe into this picture. And it, and then it really, there was a big, much bigger word of mouth after that. So there's a lesson in there about like, you know, you be you. Yeah. Be, be true to yourself and yeah. everything will fall in place. Love yeah. that. Um, did you have anyone, and, and you've mentioned you kind of always had that inclination to be your own boss, to be kind of entrepreneurial in, in your approach, even with careers, you know, before the, the catering business, did you have somebody inspire you? Is there somebody you look up to maybe somebody in your life or, or you know, even a personality who's always kind of given you, you know, drive and, and inspiration basically? I mean, it's a good question. There's a lot of women in food um, that I love. I, I really love Donna Hay from Australia. Mm -hmm. I feel like people know of her, but not, not that well here. And um, what I love about her is that, you know, she was a food editor and a food stylist and she dips her toe into cooking, but she's not a trained chef. And I think it's really about more of the lifestyle And what, what particularly always catches me about her, is like, you don't have to, you know, have a million techniques to make a beautiful meal, but you know, basically that anybody can, can kind of work towards that. I, I love that whole vibe that she has, mm -hmm. um, without it being, you know, nobody's butting heads over there, you know? So, right. um, and of course, Martha Stewart, I think there's something to understanding, you know, the history of things or antiques or proper techniques to certain things and having a, a pretty wide repertoire of things rather than sort of like, this is my one style of cuisine. And, you know, I've always admired Martha Stewart in her sense of bringing the outdoors inside, or she started out as a caterer in New York and she would just was avant-garde at the time doing things that nobody was doing. Now it seems commonplace, but if you look at her books, she would do these insane farm tables. You know, we talk about right. raising tables now. I'm like, Martha did that like 30 years ago. <laughs> so yeah, I look yeah. up to women like that quite often. And, you know, a lot of kind of probably women in the fashion world who have started their own brands. Um, I, I know what it takes to sort of feel like you're going up against a lot. And um, I also think people expect women to, to be more poised in a way or not have a bad mm -hmm. day or not, not have, you know, a few, a few misaligned words. And so right. I know what, what that takes. So I have a lot of respect in that regard for women that are like, Hey, I'm going to do this, you know, and mm -hmm. be judged for it. Um, so you work in food and I love asking that question to anyone who has a, a career that has anything to do with food, whether they're, they're a chef or something else, but, um, how do you eat? And we know that women overall, I think we have a strained relationship with food, you know, from food allergies, food intolerances, uh, body image, and so on. So what's, what's your approach to eating? What's your relationship like with food? I, when I was in university, I had this roommate and she said, you know, I, I probably lost 10 pounds in the last couple of years or a year. 
And she said, I just ate what I wanted. And that didn't mean I just eat anything I want. It just meant I'm not going to sit down and like finish a plate. I'm not going to say, oh, I'm not going to have this sweet thing. It was really more about like listening to her body. And so I really pretty much eat whatever I want. And I think the shift in me that happened was that I, I can't finish a lot. Mm. I never sit down and have, I would, I would never go to a restaurant and have like an appetizer, a main, a dessert, and then a, something else. You know, I tend to sort of eat whatever feels right for me and then stop. Sometimes I don't stop, but most of the time I just stop. I'm good. I'm done. You know, and I think part of that comes from not depriving. Um, I would probably be a lot happier not eating as much sugar, but I also, you know, there's so many people that are like, oh, it's so unhealthy for you. And I'm like, it's unhealthy in a way if you want to eat lots of sweets, but sweets bring a tremendous amount of joy. Like eating a piece of cake is joyful. And Mm -hmm. there's a huge space for that in living well and in eating well and in just regular health, like the Mm -hmm. joy of eating. And so I really don't limit myself in in any particular way. Um, I'm sure I say to myself, like, why'd you eat all that? Your pants don't fit. But, you know, (laughs) at the same time, I feel like I'm so lucky. My food is full. My fridge is full of food. I have the choice I want every single day and I'm going to enjoy it. And I also said during the pandemic, if I'm going down, I am going to go down well fed. I want to know about your approach to making decisions in your professional life, in life in general. And you're somebody who strikes me as pretty creative from food to, you know, your past in, in textile and jewelry. So how are you the type of person who needs to plan everything or do you follow your gut and your intuition most of the time? I make a lot of lists. I'm sure it drives people crazy. I have to have a list. It has to be written down. Things have to be crossed off. And that doesn't mean I'm always organized, but it it is a way that I can keep track of the million things I have going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in the turning point, when I had a turning point and just decided to do kind of really my kind of food and not apologize for it, there was a certain um, intuition that came with that. And I feel like um, I had a conversation with someone the other day about Um, going over menus with a client. And I have just a certain art that I have developed about, I ask a lot of questions up front. And then I'm like, I know exactly what this client needs. I know what they're not going to like. I know what they're going to like. I know that this person is going to say, I want more bites. I want less bites. I don't want any dessert offered, or I want lots of desserts offered. And so Mm -hmm. there's a real deep intuition that I've developed that is almost never wrong. It really is. I'm really kind of tuned in. And I listen very carefully. And when I feel like I'm kind of, I call it pushing against the pull door, you know, when mm-hmm. like you're, you're kind of like pushing and pushing and pushing. And then you look at the sign and it says pull, <laughs> <laughs> which we've all done before. You're like, why this lock? Why is this door locked? And totally. then you're like, so like, I try not to push against the pull door and mm-hmm. um, just listen. And if, if that means not working with a certain client that I think I'm never going to be able to make happy or, you know, I know that what I'm going to provide for her isn't what she really needs, then I really try and let it go. And I think that when I go against that is, oh, there's always a mistake. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD's services for women in business is their collaboration-based approach. 
They work with both internal and external partners that can provide education, financing, mentoring, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship opportunities, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. What would be your advice for someone who's considering a career and probably, you know, a woman considering a career in the food industry? Also understanding that a lot has changed in the past few months. We're still, you know, it's six months into the COVID pandemic. We know that's been especially tough for the hospitality business. Anybody who's operating a restaurant might be a little different because I know you pivoted the business. So we can talk about that too. What would be your top advice to someone who's starting out? So I love what I do. I love working with food. I love creating new things. I love, you know, the standardization of something where you can repeat the same thing over and over again every time. Um, and then when I'm not working, I still want to cook. I still want to read about food. I still want to have a dinner party. It never, it's never, I never get bored with it. it it's never tiresome to me. And I think that is, if you're going to enter this industry in particular, you better really love it. Like you better really love it. The washing the dishes, the cleaning up the floor, the, you know, late night with a client, like you really better love that stuff. And there's lots of different ways to be in food. You know, we've, we have pivoted, as you said. Um, and there are some things I now enjoy more than others. In fact, I was talking with a really big event planner the other day. And I said, when this is over, are you going to go back to doing what you do before? And she said, absolutely not. Like working 14 hour days, like forget about it. And there is a really lovely undertone, I think, in our industry about, you know, what seems crazy to work now that we've kind of slowed down and what will we go back to. So I think, you know, this career is hard because it does require really long hours and weekends and that kind of thing. But there's lots of ways to be involved in food that, you know, you don't have to be a chef or a caterer. And so I think mm -hmm. choosing the right area is really important, but also trying lots of those areas, you know, making sure you're like, you try that and you're like, Oh no, that's, you know, that's not mm -hmm. for me. It's like, I've never worked on the line in a restaurant. I would absolutely hate it. It's just not my style. Um, so mm -hmm. there's lots of different things. And I think there's way to ways to be innovative and creative, you know, during a pandemic, but you really do at the end of the day have to like, you can't wait to do it again the next day. Right. Right. So what's changed specifically for you? What have you learned from a, maybe a business standpoint during COVID also from a personal standpoint? You know, it's funny. I was thinking earlier today that um, I blamed myself a lot when I was like, people people were ordering a lot. We were doing sort of, we pivoted to do kind of these weekly meals and we do just drop off this huge bag of food. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it, it worked really well, but it was a lot of work because of course it's completely new and you're jumping right in with no recipes and whatever. And uh, then it slowed down as soon as all the terraces opened and the restaurants opened. And I blamed myself. I was like, I'm doing something wrong. I haven't figured this out. I'm doing something wrong. I should be doing more. I need to work harder. And it's just sort of, you know, an impossible situation. You're, you, week to week is different. Day to day is different. All of that feels like you're never going to be able to sort of get it right, you know? Um, so we pivoted to doing the meals. We've now started something called the Zoe Ford Deli, which is basically like an a la carte menu. And, you know, we took some time off over the summer. We're starting back up in the fall. And it's one of those things, like you just see how it goes. 
you see how it grows. And then every day you kind of pivot a little bit and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, we also, from the show accidentally, again, I was, um, at a TV producer, friend of mine's house, right? Like probably a week before the pandemic hit. And he said, you know, people are really going to want a piece of you if you're on the show. So you should do like aprons and t-shirts. And I was like, well, I'm not really a t-shirt kind of girl. So on the drive home from the plateau, I like in my mind developed this entire line of baking mixes. And then I had three, I developed it in three weeks from product to packaging to, you know, finished everything Mm -hmm. three weeks photography and launched it to kind of coincide with the show. Um, and it was amazing. It was really amazing. We sell across Canada. So all of a sudden you, you know, you go from being like a chef to like a, the queen of e-commerce. So <laughs> a really big shift, but we're shipping across Canada. We're launching, um, about 10 new flavors in the next couple months, um, just in time for Christmas. So I think that'll be really fun. And we're doing lots of like corporate snack box, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the same as before, but it's fun kind of in a different way. And it could be, we could add something next week or take something away next week. I think it's just, you got to be, you know, very flexible. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's adapting to every change that comes along the way. And that seems to be working well. I've heard about the the carrot cake that you, the mix that you make, apparently it's divine. So I'll have to be placing a, an order for that. Oh yeah. It's, I don't know why <laughs> it's so good because, you know, when you think of a cookie or a cake or they all have the same things, they all butter, sugar, flour, raising agents, egg, but the way you assemble them somehow can Mm -hmm. take it from a regular thing to a magical thing. So I don't know, somehow we've just nailed that, you know, that magical moment. There's some magic in there. Yeah. So so I hear. Yeah. Um, so and my next question, you know, doesn't have to do with COVID. So even pre-COVID, you run a business that requires you to be, as you said, working long hours. I'm sure you could be in your kitchen, you know, from morning to night every day and seven days. What is something that keeps you grounded? How do you stay sane, you know, amidst this this crazy busy lifestyle and everything that you've got going on? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I don't feel Maybe grounded. you don't. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what well, you know, I think anybody who's creative loves to create. And so even if we're on a really challenging project, um, at the end, when I see it set up or when I see that the client is thrilled with something, it's just rewarding in itself. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, me being able to feed people well and me being able to sort of like, let's say we do, you know, a cheese platter and I'm giving them really special Quebec cheeses that they wouldn't normally have. Like sharing that stuff is very rewarding. Um, And so I think, you know, that just really keeps me wanting to do it and wanting to share with people in whatever, you know, new way I can. And then just the idea that I could you know, we're, we're in a luxurious sort of situation in Montreal and in probably lots of, you know, big cities where on a day off, you can just wander down the street and get something really delicious and someone will make you a coffee. And uh, those things are fantastic. You know, on, on a day where you feel like uh, everything is so frustrating, you can eat a pa- pastry or, you know, a fresh crispy loaf of bread. And that mm-hmm. is like knowing that that's just nearby I think that was hard in Calgary when I lived in Calgary and I went and I was like, there's no butcher shops you buy at the grocery store and there's no real like bakeries. There are, but they're not, they're not, you know, it's not like Mm. Quebec is. 
And uh, I, I did, when I came back, I don't take that for granted. Like being able to go and get a baguette in 30 seconds, wherever you, you know, you don't have to drive far anywhere. Um, that's a luxury. And I think just knowing that's there is like, keeps me sane. You know, there's cheese and there's a baguette somewhere. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's a good approach to life. Yeah. Um, and then I want to ask you my favorite question to ask women on the show. And it's, what do you wish women would do more of? Oh boy. Um, what do I wish women would do more of? I think, um, you know, women do a good job of sharing information, I think, but, um, there's also the culture of, of jealousy maybe. And, uh, I personally have found through the pandemic that I've reached out to, you know, women business owners or women in food that I maybe normally wouldn't be talking to because we're in competition in some way. Mm -hmm. And now it's a little bit more like, I'm like, how are you doing? What's your plan for like, you know, reimagining yourself in a year or whenever we can go back to work. And, and so I wish that there was more of a less of a competition in general, in all humans, not just in women, but you know, I'm, I've been in really enjoying sort of, you know, dipping a toe into talking to women that I probably previously wouldn't have. Um, so there's that. And I also just think, um, I just wish there was, um, you know, um, women took more risks in business. I think that it, it definitely feels daunting. I would love there to be some sort of, you know, group of like women in business. I think in, in my realm, I know I, I see it in other realms, like more professional realms, maybe lawyers and doctors and whatnot. Um, I think entrepreneurially, I, I wish that there was maybe more of a, some way to connect and be like, here's what worked, here's what didn't work. Like in, in that realm, I think there is, but I, I don't think it's as accessible as I would wish it to be. Mm -hmm. Well, that's maybe something that you can be doing something about in the future. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. That would be great. Uh, we, you know, like we're almost always kind of a women run team and I, I don't really advertise it that way. Cause I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I don't think it makes us better or worse than, you know, some male run mm -hmm. industries, but we're almost always like a women run kitchen. And we always say like, it's very smooth in the kitchen when the women are running it because we can kind of telepathically communicate with one another, you know? Um, and, uh, and I, and I love that, that sort of vibe. So mm. who knows, maybe that'll be part of the future of Zoe Ford. Well, my next question was going to be what's next for, for you? What's next for Zoe Ford? You know, what's on the agenda for the next 12 months? What are you working on? I'm hoping to partner with some really exciting brands. We have some like things in the works. So people will have to like stay tuned on Instagram to kind of like get a sense mm -hmm. of what's going on. And every week, every Wednesday, I usually put up a new video. Um, really love, I miss connecting with people through the catering and kind of getting a sense of, um, you know, how they're enjoying things. Right now we like send people, send stuff to people's houses. So I get emails, but it's not like the same as really kind of connecting with people. So we put up a video every week. Most of it is about baking. Um, I did a lot of baking on the show. I didn't even know that I did, but then I watched it. I was like, I bake everything. So I'm trying to get in that baking space and make it kind of fresh and new and really mm -hmm. share a lot of ideas about, we call it zoifying. I just say like, Oh, this recipe is like three pages long. Let's zoify it. And it really just means like taking the essence of that recipe, figuring out how to maybe cut out four or five ingredients and just take a really simple approach to making something extraordinary. 
Mm. So every Wednesday we're doing this, um, you know, putting up a new video. Sometimes it's live. Sometimes I pre-record it. Um, it's really just about sharing those kinds of tips of we are all so ridiculously busy, busier than ever before. And it's like, you still want to get in the kitchen. You still want to do stuff, but how can you zoify it to get to a point where, you know, you're not spending hours and hours there. Um, so hopefully that will evolve into a YouTube channel, which would be really, I think Ooh. that would be really fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then of course the baking mixes are launching, which are ridiculously exciting. I'll give you a sneak peek. One of the recipes is cinnamon donut pancakes. They're Ooh, good. wow. So good. Are you gluten-free? I am. Okay. I'm going to make you some gluten-free ones. They're so oh, good. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, that'd be awesome. That sounds delicious. Yeah. A lot of fun flavors, a lot of like innovative ways to kind of get into the kitchen. And so I, I like, I'm into the sharing of ideas sort of space. So, you know, mm. it's very new, but we'll see where it goes. Love that. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Wishing you the best with all the exciting projects for your business and, and in your life. We'll, we'll reconnect and see how, you know, what, what's come up, what's new and how the, the baking goods are, are going. And I really look forward to trying those pancakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. This was so much fun. I hope you enjoy our conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate and give us a review. Five stars would be appreciated. Thank you to TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back in a week with a new guest.